The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey, it's Pastor Doug Bursch, and you're listening to the Wednesday edition of the Fairly Spiritual Show. So I want to encourage you today. God has given each of us big things to do. Yes, big assignments. But something happens along the way when we just get tired of it all. When we start thinking things like, you know, I don't know, maybe I should just live for a paycheck and find a way to pay the bills and wait till I end up in heaven with my Savior. There's reasons we get discouraged. But on today's show, I want to talk about recapturing that big picture motivating plan from God on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Thank you for listening to the Fairly Spiritual Show. I am your host, Pastor Doug Bursch. So, hey, first, a couple people donated this week to keep the show on the air. Uh, you know, we're broadcasting on the radio, and that costs a little bit of money. Thank you. I'm trying to help facilitate a better climate on the radio. Uh, I feel like the radio is kind of far-right, conservative, angry sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Want to try to facilitate a better conversation. Would like to be on many other radio stations, but right now uh, we're on one. And I don't know how to do this. I'm not going to do any manipulative stuff and, you know, where I put people on mailing lists and bug them all the time. Uh, But I'm just hoping, I don't know, this is just how I'm doing it, that God will speak to people's hearts and somehow will raise enough support to keep the show on in the Seattle area. And maybe we'll even expand throughout the U.S. That's my desire. I'm hoping somehow God will speak to people's hearts and it'll happen. So a couple people donated some money this week so we can stay on the air a few more weeks. But I'd love it if some of you would just pray, pray. And if God has told you to support this show, to keep it on the air, to keep it on uh, the radio stations, to expand uh, our ability to reach more people, then please donate. Uh, Your donation really does make the difference. This is not supported by my church. I pastor a very normal-sized, small church. Uh, This is just by people like you. So you can call, uh, well, actually calling the number, you can't go through this number. Go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org, and you can donate that way, fairlyspiritual.org. You can certainly text the show at any time just to say, hey, great job, Doug. Uh, you can text 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. But your donations, uh, that's how we will stay on the air. And I'm just hoping, this is the experiment. I decided for one year we would do this. And if it takes off, we'll keep doing it. So uh, go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate. For the people who donated this week, thank you so much. That is incredibly encouraging. Well, on today's show, I want to talk about, uh, well, I want to encourage you. And uh, I I was thinking about this. I've been watching the show Alone. I had a few people say, have you ever seen that show Alone? And uh, because I haven't seen it, I was like, no, I haven't seen it. It's not that important because I haven't seen it. You know how that is. If you haven't seen something, it clearly can't be that important. But I had a couple people come to me and say, have you watched that TV show Alone? Well, I guess for the last five years... On the History Channel, I know there's so many shows to avoid. 
uh, there's been a reality TV show called Alone. And the basic premise, and I'm on season two, uh, they just leave people alone in the wilderness and they see who can stay out there the longest, uh, completely alone, where the people film themselves. It's not one of those where the guy's alone, but there's 20 people filming. It's not that. They just leave them alone and they film themselves and they see how long they can stay in the wilderness. Well, what's fascinating about this show, at least the first couple seasons, is how quickly people can't take it living in isolation. I won't give up any spoilers in case you want to watch the series, but it's amazing how much resolve they have for why they're out there. They have these really important plans, and I'm not trying to belittle the plans. They have these strong convictions. I'm called to be out here. I guess they win. Well, I don't guess. I know they win a half a million dollars if they stay out there longer than anyone else. They have these important convictions. I need to be out here to prove myself to the world, uh, to prove myself to my family. They have things like, I'm going to stay here at least six months or maybe even a year. They just say that I'm going to stay here at least six months or a year and at least that and uh, just going to do this. And uh, sometimes they're saying it's not even about the money, but I know I'm called here to be at least three months or six months. Uh, here's a little bit of a spoiler. Many of them don't make it anywhere near that amount of time. They have these strong convictions, they have these strong plans, they have these strong wilderness survival skills, and then they just get discouraged. Or they just get lonely and isolated or emotional, and they just say, no. Everything they've said to that point just disappears. One bad thing can happen, or one bad day can occur, or just one negative thought can come in their mind, and they suddenly change course. Now, I'm not judging the fact that they change course. They might be making very important decisions. But as I've watched this show, it's really challenged me with how we make decisions in life. Because you can see these people where just a day before or two days before, they are the most strong-willed, passionate advocates for what they're doing. They're just saying, you know, I've been called to do this and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm capable of this and there's no way I'm not going to leave here and for another six months and here's my plan and here's my strategy. And they go a couple days where they're not fishing well or not getting any food or the rain just keeps coming down or there's a bad windstorm and suddenly they're like, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. That their entire vision for the next six months or year can change based on one windy night, or one rainy day, or one setback. While watching the show, I, I really feel like it's the perfect example of what happens to us as Christians when we have these strong convictions about what our life is supposed to be. You know, when we have these strong, you know, God has called me to take that mountain. You know, you have that mountaintop experience, or you're, you're at a prayer meeting, or you're in a service, or you're, something happens where you're, this is what I'm supposed to be. This is the ministry I'm supposed to start. This is the direction we're supposed to go as a family. And you're just certain. You, you write it down. You put it in your journal. You tell other people. You testify about it in the church. You're certain. You turn on the camera and you film it and you're certain. But then something comes up down the road. It can be a day later. It can be a year later. It can be a decade later. But something comes and completely changes your passion for doing that work. And the question is, did the did the did you get it wrong? Were you wrong with your initial idea about what you were supposed to do? Was God wrong? Were you wrong? 
Or did you just face an obstacle? Did you face an obstacle that suddenly made the plan or the purpose of your life seem like something you no longer wanted to do? That's the question. Are we doing things based on what God has called us to do? Or are we turning and changing and no longer doing what we thought we were supposed to do because it got too difficult or because we feel emotionally different? And and I'm not belittling these things. I'm not saying, oh, you know, you guys are just weak and emotionally fragile. What I'm saying is our human bodies, we can experience things that radically change our perception of the world. Our blood sugar can change and suddenly existence changes around us. We can have one event that can just change our perspective about everything. I used to call this uh, domino faith, where one domino can fall in our life. One, one thing we never thought would happen could happen. And when that thing falls, it feels like it's connected to everything else, and suddenly all the dominoes begin to fall. And this secure vision, this secure plan, this se- secure purpose begins to fall before our eyes. I want to speak to that today, because I think some of us might be in that place where God has given you just this clear plan, this, this, or he did give you this clear plan. You thought it was clear, this clear purpose, but now you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Now, I, I can't tell you what you're supposed to do, but I do know we live in a world where there are enough challenges, there are enough obstacles, there are enough negative people. There are enough things that happen to us. There are enough dream killers that we need people to contend for our dreams. So I want to contend for your dreams and talk about how I've tried to contend for dreams where I often have not seen the fruit of the dreams that I've been contending for. I just want to share some of the dreams that I've been contending for in my life that really... If you look at it from someone else's perspective, they'd say, Doug has not really been that successful, quote-unquote successful. I just want to talk about what's required of moving ahead by faith, but why I still believe it's important to move ahead by faith. What motivates me when I'm discouraged, when I don't see the fruit I want to see, when when it really isn't turning out the way I thought it would turn out? You know, doing this this radio show or doing this podcast, uh, most of this comes out of uh, an argument I had with the Lord. I was um, watching TV, and as part of my cable package, I have cable primarily so I can watch the Mariners. I enjoy watching the Mariners. But I was watching cable, and I decided to look at those channels I never look at, right? Which is most of them, right? But those ones that are way up on the dial and the picture quality isn't as good. And basically, I, I decided to look at all those religious channels. And I begin to look at those religious channels, like each of them. And I begin to see something very disturbing that troubled me and changed the course of my ministry. I'll talk about that when we get back. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I so much appreciate this. Uh, your fact that you listen, that you share the show, I don't take that for granted. Thank you. Here's another way you can support the show besides just listening and sharing the show is you can donate to keep us on the air, on radio. To donate, go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate. Also at fairlyspiritual.org, you can find out how to subscribe. You can subscribe to the Fairly Spiritual Show on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also text the show through this number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 
4513. I'd love to hear your texts. Unless they're really mean, then I don't want to hear them that much. But 360-818-4513. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of this ministry. So, okay, this is this is what I want to share with you, how I'm motivated by faith, and hopefully that'll motivate you by faith, some of the journey of why I'm even doing this show, why I do media, what this stuff is all about. Uh, but I was watching TV, watching cable TV, and I began to look at those Christian stations that are at, on the dial that I never look at. The dial, by the way, who has a dial anymore? But anyway, so I'm, I'm going and looking at those, those stations I never watch, and each one of the stations had just terrible programming on. I'm sorry, maybe there's good programming on sometime, but it was just the worst kind of programming. It was people like selling, you know, religious anointing oil. It was fundraising where, you know, if you give us $1,000, God will give you $100,000. It was terrible stuff. I can say, thus saith the Lord, terrible stuff. The kind of stuff where you, where I was like, this does not represent my faith. This doesn't represent the faith of any Christian I know. This doesn't represent the basic way most of the churches in the city I'm in, most of the pastors I know. This doesn't represent remotely the expression of Christianity that I would want expressed on television. And I, and I just thought, how did this happen? How did, <laughs> what did we do to yield television to this? And I began to think about this and, and think how frustrated I am and how I could, you know, right now I could just do a show about what's wrong with Christian television. But I thought about how that medium is kind of dying out, but I'm tired of just complaining about it. I want to do something about it. And I thought about Christian radio and about how Christian radio is the same kind of thing. And Christian media in general, it's just been handed over. It's been handed over to become politicized. It's been handed over to just fundraise endlessly for what purpose? And I know I'm using extreme things. I know there's positive expressions somewhere. But in its entirety, it just so much did not represent what I thought it should represent. And this thought came to me so strongly, the thought of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It, it came to me so strongly in their story. You know, we hear the story with the end in mind. We know that in the end, they're rescued. But they didn't know the end when they were going through the story. And if you go to Daniel uh, 3.13, in that story, it's fascinating the way they talk about how God will rescue them. So we have, you know, King Nebuchadnezzar is, uh, I need everybody to bow down to this golden statue of me. If you don't, you're going to be thrown into this fiery furnace. And they're like, no, we don't bow down to you or any statues of you or any other gods. Our God is Yahweh. This makes Nebuchadnezzar very upset. And so he calls uh, these, these troublemakers before him to basically, one, try to get them to recant of uh, their disrespect of not bowing down to this golden statue and to, you know, read them the riot act. But here in Daniel 3, 13, uh, I, I just want to read this to you because this has stuck with me and been a motivator for why I do most of this stuff that's not very successful in the eyes of the world. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, lyre, 
Trigon, harp, bagpipe. Oh dear, who would want to ever worship with a bagpipe? But anyway, <laughs> and every kind of music to fall down and worship the image that I've made well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? So that's a pretty strong statement, right? So verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, and I love this answer, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. I love this response because this response is incredibly positive and incredibly certain and incredibly uncertain. They say this, God's going to rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we're not bowing down. We are certain God's going to rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down. That's the motivating factor behind most anything I do when it comes to the kingdom of God. I begin to think about Christian media, and I pastor this, you know, small church that had no media budget. They couldn't even pay me a salary, a part-time salary, and I'm upset about, you know, Christian television. Like, I, I can't do a television show. I can't do a radio show. What am I going to do? But I remember sitting there and thinking, you know what? I'm not going to bow down. And, th and that thought came to me, I'm not going to bow down. I don't want to spend my life just complaining about things. And this is one of the fundamental problems with the internet age. We just complain. It's one of the problems with social media, sitting around and complaining about what other people are doing. It's why I, I really have a tough time with people who just critique other media figures, but they themselves don't do anything to change the dialogue. I think there's something fundamentally wrong with that. It's fundamentally wrong to, to critique the church, but not form your own church. It's fundamentally wrong to critique uh, media expressions, but not advocate your own media expressions. I, I just think it's fundamentally wrong. I mean, there's a season, there's a time, I get it. You can leave bad expressions and there's a time to recoup and to, and to figure out who you are. But if you literally just spend your life critiquing other expressions that you're not willing to build a be better expression or to give a better example, you basically just become a Pharisee. There's no way not to just become a Pharisee. If you spend your whole life just judging the church but not building a better church, you just become a Pharisee. If you spend your whole life just judging what's wrong with Christian TV or what's wrong with Christian radio or what's wrong with the Christian internet but not doing something to try to facilitate a better dialogue, if you don't create your own content or help those who are creating better content find voice, then you're just becoming a Pharisee. And I, I came to this place where I thought, I, I, I'm not going to bow down. And I love that picture. It's like, God will rescue us, but even if he doesn't, let's not bow down. And that's what I thought. I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward thinking I can help change the dialogue. I know how silly that seems. I'm, I'm going to start creating content. I'm going to start doing things, believing that I can change Christian media. And I believe we will change Christian media, but even if we don't, we're not going to bow down. So that I could stand before the Lord and just say, I didn't bow down. I, I don't know. I don't know why things didn't change. I don't know why things still stayed terrible. 
but I didn't bow down. And that's the question I have for any Christian. It's not for us to sit endlessly and talk about, oh yeah, that's terrible. You know, politics are terrible and the church is terrible and media is terrible. The question I have is, what did you do? What did you do? Because I think just complaining about, oh, you know, oh boy, it's awful. That uh, the golden calf, it's all. If, if you're not actively standing for Christ, but you're just complaining about the bowing down, you're not doing anything. It's just a form of bowing down, complaining about what's wrong with the world. It's just another form. Unless we're actively pointing to and standing up for and advancing a better dialogue. And so that just started motivating my life. And so then I just started trying to find ways, tried to find ways to do radio and uh, just anything I could do. And I'll tell you, I've not been that successful. I, the Lord's opened doors. There was a season where he allowed me for five years to be on a Christian radio station where they paid for me to be on the air. But while I did that, it was on a far-right conservative station, and they were, they were not very supportive of me, and it was a very difficult environment. And eventually, I had to say no to that environment. I had to say, I can't be here anymore. I can't support this. And I left, and it was hard because, like, how does this change anything? I was there five years, and then I'm gone, and then nothing changes. But you know what? I'm not going to bow down. I'm going to still do something else. I'm going to, okay, so we're going to do this. We're going to do this thing on Fridays, and we're going to do a little podcast and see if others will not bow down with me. Because that's my only hope. I don't want to sit around with people. I don't, I don't know if you've ever done this, but there's a couple things. Sometimes you'll go into a Starbucks and there's a bunch of people just sitting around complaining about the world. They're just sitting at tables complaining about the world. Or there's a bunch of old people sitting around complaining about the world. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a Christian version of that. Or you'll go to a state basketball tournament and there's a bunch of old men who used to play basketball who sit in the stands and complain about how they're playing basketball and complain about how the coaches are coaching basketball. I don't want to be that. I want to be on the court. I want to be coaching. I want to be playing. I want to be advocating for something. And I, I, I want to do it. But what I've found is even when you do that, uh, doors stay closed to you. People don't listen. It, you still face obstacles. You still face people like, no, we, we don't want you. We don't want you in that room. We don't want to hear you speak. But I, I don't want to bow down. I remember arguing with the Lord, like, well, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this stuff. I'm going to work with media, and I'm going to change these things. But first, I need to have a big church. I had that idea. You know, first, got to have a big church, because you can't do these things unless you're a big, powerful church. And I remember arguing with the Lord, like, man, there's cults bigger than our church. There's people who believe, who worship goats and worship, you know, trees and crazy things that are larger than our church. And I was mad at God, and I was like, why would you give me all these visions to change the world and yet not allow me to grow the church I serve. And I just felt a rebuke from the Lord like, I didn't tell you that, Doug. I didn't tell you to wait till you become some big, powerful thing. Just go and do what I've put on your heart. I don't want you to advance something based on a power dynamic. 
That's what's wrong with Christian TV and Christian radio. A bunch of powerful people with large expressions using their power and their force to advance the gospel. Go in your weakness. Go in your vulnerability. Let it be a spirit-led expression. Let people unite with you purely based on the spirit of the Lord within them. So I just started doing things as this weak pastor from a weak church. And that hasn't changed. I used to write a a column for our local newspaper. And one of my most successful columns I wrote about, uh, as far as people responding to and people, you know, interacting with me is, I wrote a column about the book, The Secret. There's this new agey book, The Secret, that just has a bunch of bad theology in it. And I noticed that Oprah Winfrey was pushing it. And I just wrote what was wrong about the book, The Secret. And it's this positive thinking kind of, you know, you are what you think. And so you need to think you're going to be rich and you'll be rich. And if you want to be skinny, hang around skinny people. And it's just really bad theology. And so I I wrote uh, an article on this and it was really well received. And one of the reasons it was really well received is because people like to receive things that are negative about other people. They liked it because I was kind of critical of Oprah. If you're critical of Oprah, more people read your post. If you're critical of someone important, more people engage things. Now, I was polite in my criticism, but it it didn't matter. It was like, ah, this is important. And I found that to be the case, that the most popular things I've ever written, the most popular shows I've ever done, are when I mention someone who's popular and I have a critique of them. If I do a critique of Donald Miller or I do a critique, I don't even want to say the names. If I say the names, I'm, it adds to that issue. But people want to hear that. They get excited when you go after someone who's important. And, and what I realized with that first piece is it was exciting to have people read what I was writing. It was exciting to have them share things. But I also realized the allure of this kind of behavior that I could spend my life, I could literally make a ministry out of nipping at the heels of Oprah Winfrey. I could just do a ministry that responded to Oprah Winfrey, just just gave negative things about her, or I could do a ministry that just responded to megachurch pastors, or or I could, and I, there's nothing wrong with megachurch pastors, but you understand what I'm saying. Like I, I, by the way, I have friends who are megachurch pastors, but. I could just pick, you know, the ones people don't like or whatever, and I could just go after them and make my posts and make my comments, and those messages would just be spread, and I would grow, and there would be an audience, because there is an audience for discontent, there is an audience for reactionaryism, there is an audience for that kind of content. But I thought, I don't want to just be a reactionary to this world. Instead, I need to understand what God has put on my heart And I need to do that. Don't bow down to the garbage of this world, but do what God has called you to do. I think that's true of me. And I think that's true of you. What has God called you to do? Because you're going to face things in this world that are going to make it where you you don't want to do anything. You're going to do things for the Lord that are not going to be successful. Doors are not going to open up. People are not going to validate your calling. You're, gonna, you're not going to be validated by your denomination. You're not going to be validated by the people you invested in. You're not. And you're going to have to decide, have I been called to do this or not? 
Am I going to do this regardless? Am I not going to bow down? Am I going to believe like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that regardless, you know, God's going to save us, but even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down. This is going to be my life's work. That has to be the goal of our life. Not to nip at the hills of other people, not to sit around and spectate, but to have something that we passionately believe in that we're going to pursue whether it succeeds or fails. To have that Hebrew 11 faith, right? To have faith that we don't see it come to pass before we die. We die in faith. We die hoping for things we don't see. We live for things we don't see in our lifetime. Do you have that kind of faith? That's why I'm doing this show. Like even for today's, what I'm doing today right now is I'm believing by faith it's going to encourage some Christian in some expression who's feeling like giving up, and you're going to say, no, I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm just going to pastor even if no one shows up. I'm going to continue on with this ministry even if no one cares about it because I know God's put it on my heart, and I'm just going to do that. You understand that Jesus ministered to communities that rejected him. Whole communities, he said, woe to you, Corazon, woe to you, Bethsaida. That whole communities rejected Jesus' ministry. So you could be doing things that are right, and they're being rejected. It's not about the reception. It's about your faithfulness. But I'm doing this show so that maybe one person will say, I'm not going to give up. Or maybe one person will say, you know what? I'm tired of sitting around and complaining about the world. I'm going to do something. I'm going to start a Bible study so I don't go to church anywhere, but I can start a Bible study. It's ridiculous. I've spent how many years of my life complaining about the church, but I haven't spent one season facilitating a Bible study? Every single one of us have something we can do. And you could spend your whole time critiquing what I just said, or you could say, Lord, what are you speaking to me? And what have you called me to bring into the world? Because I know this, God has something for each and every one of us to advance. And it's not just to be a voice against someone else's ministry. Here's the thing. There are people that we are supposed to speak against, or at least the ministries that they're doing, but it brings integrity to our voice when we are advancing something else that contrasts their depravity. See, I can tell you to do these things because I'm walking this out. I'm walking out in faith a very just kind of uneventful, unsuccessful ministry by faith. So when I say, hey, you know, do it. Don't wait till you're popular. Don't wait till you're financially, you know, you've arrived and you have enough money and enough resources. Don't wait for people to push you forward and say, hey, that's a great idea. Just do it. And if if more of us do it, if more of us enter into the harvest field, if less of us are in the stands critiquing and complaining and more of us are actually working, then the kingdom of God will look much more healthy. That's my heart. That's my heart for you. That's, that's, that's my goal. I know today it's just kind of all over the place, but maybe at least you get my passion. Thanks for listening today. Hear what the voice of the Lord is saying and just go do it and keep doing it. And right now, if you're in the pit, it's a real pit. It really does feel like you want to give up. There are reasons to give up. But right now, I'm asking you to listen to the voice of God and trust him and move forward regardless 
Listen to the faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Our Lord will rescue us, but even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Hey, thank you for listening to today's show. If you want to support this ministry to keep this thing going, then please donate. Go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. Your gifts matter. That's fairlyspiritual.org. You can also text the show 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. 360-818-4513. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. I'll see you next time. And